This podcast is brought to you by StoryKingBooks.com. Sign up to receive a free copy of my latest ebook novella, Kane's Confession. If you would like to learn how to support this show, visit www.patreon.com forward slash the Story King. And now for today's episode. Welcome to the Story King Podcast, the show all about fiction, film, and form. I'm your host, John Carlo, and today's guest is author J. Lynn Aidy. Jay Lynn Aidy is a Canadian author. Her first book, The Pink Blanket, is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle, Google, and Apple Books. Her links are in the show notes. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Jay Lynn Aidy. Welcome to the Story King Podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. As I ask all my guests, uh, my first question is, what is your story? Tell me a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do. Okay, so I'm a mom of two who's hitting her 40s, I guess, and uh, I decided to do that by hitting the ground running and I guess going after everything I got put on hold when I was raising my kids. So I am now a published author, and besides that, I'm a real estate agent, and I also deliver mail part-time. Really? Yeah. Like for the, the postal service? Yeah. So you got a lot going on in your life right now. I do. I like to stay busy. <laughs> Absolutely. So as far as your writing, why don't you just tell me some of your favorite authors, books, and uh, who inspires you the most? Okay. So um, my all-time, I think, for as far back as I can remember, is John Grisham. Um, hmm. I He was just always, I, 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 I don't know, I just love the way he wrote. I love the way he was able to um, you know, keep my attention, my anxiety up there. Um, he just was an all-time favorite. Um, next to him would be Ellen Hildebrand. I just, I love a beach read. Um, her stuff is light. It's, you know, it's got good plots. And I just, I, I really, um, I guess following Ellen on, you know, social media and stuff, she's just a really relatable author, I find. And she's a very inspiring person. Um, I relate, well, not relate to all of her stories, but I just, I just really find uh, myself intrigued and, and can, yeah, relate to just the way she approaches life. And, and I think that she's got a really great outlook about being dedicated and Nicholas Sparks. Um, hmm. He's an all time favorite as well. He's light, but I'm also a hopeless romantic. I find um, when people, my friends always tell me that. And, and I, to be honest, I think that I am too. And so I think that's kind of why I've always um, been a sucker for, as long as it's not tearjerkers. I'm not a, I don't <laughs> like the sad, the sick. I just, I, I like light, good. Um, I mean, obviously some of his stuff, there's an aspect to it that, you know, you don't cry for no reason, but mm-hmm. uh, he's just, he's a, he's a favorite. And, and Scott Fitzgerald, uh, The Great Gatsby is probably my favorite novel. Um, and I just actually read that one finally, maybe four years ago. And I just, I I don't know, um, the way he writes, the way he is just, it's simple, but descriptive. And it just, it just flows. I just, the way, I don't know, I just really 
almost seem like you just are in his books kind of when you're reading. So he's, he's a really, really good author too. So those are probably my top authors. I actually, the other day, a uh, male who had read my book actually came to me and told me at the time he bought my book. He also mm -hmm. bought a John Grisham novel, who was also his favorite author. And I told him that John was also one of mine and he was kind of shocked. He said, honestly, he goes, I really felt like you write like him. And I, I was That's quite, awesome I felt compliment. quite yeah. honored. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't believe you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was kind of nice, but. Well, all very good choices. I haven't read the more contemporary uh, novelists that, that you mentioned, but I'm well familiar with them, but I haven't, uh, I haven't read them, but you know, F Scott Fitzgerald for sure. The, that's the great Gatsby is the all American novel, you know, it's the great American yeah. novel, as they say. Absolutely. Yeah. You're a mom of two. You uh, do real estate. You you deliver mail. When did you throw writing in the mix? Have you always written? So um, I've always kind of, I mean, from the time I was young, like never, you know, anything substantial or, you know, um, submitted or anything like published or anything. But from the time I can think back to, I've always been an avid reader. Like I, I will read in fact, I didn't actually read for about 12 years because my kids were young. And when I pick up a book, I don't put it down. So I just, I literally didn't read for a long time. Um, and then I started again, I was probably uh, mid thirties and I was just, I was a goner after that. And it was a couple of years after that is when I was like, okay, like I'm just not getting out of it. What like I, I used to, I just, I needed to do more. And that's kind of where the idea of I guess where I thought maybe I could write my own book um, came. But when I was young, like it was poems, songs, I would write plays. Um, I was from a very small community at one point. And so there was about 10 of us kids. So I would write plays for us all to act out on the weekend, you know, for something to do. But yeah, I just have always, always loved writing and reading. So. And your first novel, The Pink Blanket, without giving too much away, what is it about and what inspired you to write that particular story as your first book? Okay, so it's about um, a woman um, leaving her abusive husband and basically just kind of the trials and tribulations that one would go through in that situation. And of course, to keep it interesting and, and um, entertaining, there's just different aspects that, you know, she encounters. It's definitely not easy. And the choices she makes, she runs into obstacles, I guess, that make her question her choices, what she's doing, if she can manage, like just different things about that. And ultimately, I guess it was my life that inspired me to write that book. I've always kind of had ideas pop in my head about novels and stuff and nothing that ever really stuck or took. And um, I guess this one, I just, I was in a really unhealthy marriage and I was at that point in my life where it was kind of like, you know, you've always wanted to write, you've always wanted to do this. Now's your chance. Like, do you want to, can you, will you regret it? Can you live with yourself if you don't at least try? And I had just kind of given so much of myself up for somebody who really could have cared less. And finally, I just kind of made that choice to choose myself. And so in that delivering mail, you have a lot of thinking time because you're on your own, you're walking for hours on end doing, you know, delivering mail. And so just kind of, you know, bits and pieces of this story was coming together. And 
I guess because I was familiar with domestic abuse myself um, and friends that I have have gone through it. And it just kind of was like, you know what, maybe this is this is my way of getting this out into the world, you know, and it was, it's not a direct reflection of my life at all. Um, it's just simply the fact that there's, uh, I'm relatable to the character. And so I really wanted to be authentic in the way she felt and things that she was going through when she was in the process of leaving. And so I thought maybe um, I could apply that through myself, through the character. Um, so yeah, it just kind of all I guess, came together in, in that way that I just thought that that would be something that I knew. Um, one bit of advice I had read along the way was write what you know. And mm -hmm. so I thought, well, I feel like maybe I know this enough that I can turn it into something. And I, I guess it just, it just kept building rather than, you know, being another idea that I just kind of shoveled off to the side. Eventually it just, it just kept growing and growing and growing until I finally had enough that I eventually was able to put uh, words to paper and create something that I'm proud of. <laughs> awesome. So, now, yeah. did you find that the process of writing the book helped you sort of decompress your own experience or was it not even that? No, it, it actually was. And I feel like I didn't even really realize it for the longest time when I was writing simply because it was like, it was just very overwhelming. I, mm -hmm. I had no idea about writing and stuff. And so, I mean, it was, you know, getting those words on paper and then kind of once I really got into it and really, you know, started getting into my characters, I guess, was when I really started to realize that it was almost kind of a form of therapy, you know, mm. being able to just let that out because you don't necessarily, in my circumstance, talk to people in, I, I, you really don't want to, especially being from a small community. Sometimes you just, you feel like you, sh you shouldn't, or you don't want to discredit this person that you're in love with because people are going to look at you sideways and be well, like, why are you with them? You know, right. um, because it's that really tough line to, to, to walk. Sometimes you do love this person. Um, they did treat you good. And that's why you're there. You wouldn't be there if you didn't. I mean, I mean, in some cases it's, you know, life or, or whatever worse, but I, yeah, I, I found by the end, it was, it was actually quite therapeutic writing. And for me, when I would read, um, it was kind of my escape, uh, escape, you know, from reality as well. And when I decided to write, the reason that um, I guess I had time to write was delivering mail, I actually fell and ended up with an injury that took me away from work for a few months. And so at that time, I was like, you know, moping around, unable to do much. I'm a very like active fit person and I wasn't able to really be doing anything. And so I had read, I think it was like 60 novels in like four months or something. Like I was just, and then wow. I was like, okay, you know what? This is your shot. Take it. So I just started writing. And honestly, once, once I started, well, I shouldn't say just started, there was a lot of information collecting because the settings in the book, I've never been to Italy, I've never been to Chicago. I wanted to be able to have people who read my book, not go, what is she talking about? You know, I mean, it's mm -hmm. fiction. So there's some aspects, but I wanted it to still be relatable to people mm -hmm. who have visited those places and stuff. So there was a lot of that. And there was a lot of the whole publishing side of things. It was like, if I do, like, can I even do this? Like, what are my chances of, you know, 
being able to create a book, publish a book. How do I do that? And writing. I mean, I haven't been in school for 20 some years. So that part was a little intimidating as well. Once you sure. start realizing your grammar might not be quite what it used to be. So once I was, did start writing, it went, it honestly went really quickly for me. People asked about writer's block and I, I don't have that. I actually was very fortunate. I thought I just, it just kept coming out. And, and I think because I had thought about it for so long um, before I actually even tackled the idea that I knew it would be a series because I knew it's a story that you I you can't just put into one just simply because of the different things that she's going to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to be able to I, I just didn't want empty spots or you know sometimes and I'm and I love the series. A series is um, especially when you get to the end and you're like oh I wish there was one more book or you know you just right. want that ending. So I really felt that I, I knew I wanted to write a series out of it. So I just really wanted to be able to have a story that's, you know, eventually, I mean, hopefully it's interesting and keeps, you know, my readers interested until the end, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm always interested and fascinated by the whole idea of a series, you know, how you can always, you know, you can name a particular writer, associate them with that series. And that really builds the author's brand up too. So that, that's very cool. So you knew right off right off the bat that it was uh, more than one book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah, I had that in my head. I, and in fact, I didn't even have the whole story in my head. I just thought I want a series. I, I knew it was going to be a series. And then the more I thought about it, I just was, I knew that, it, I knew that there was enough to her um, story that it would take enough. And, and actually when I was writing the first one, like the pink blanket, it was longer than I thought it would be. Um, so I feel like, I feel like originally what I said was only going to be three. It's possibly maybe four. I guess we'll see where where it goes. But yeah. Now, how does an author stay interested in the same character for so long? I mean, do you find that because you have this personal experience attached to it, that that sort of uh, keeps your interest up in this in this character? Or is it just the way you write that you're able to just kind of, you know, really hone in on on one character you know i'm a short story writer so these long series things is always kind of like daunting for me but it's always something i i want to pursue at some point you know yeah i i ultimately i think it's just the character's story um i think it's just how much they have to tell i think part of the fact that i can stay with her is maybe because i you know am relatable to her a little bit but also um just the different aspects of of the other characters in the book as well. She's the main character and it's mostly her story, but I think the fact that um, I go between her and then her ex-husband and the other person that she, uh, you know, eventually comes into her life, I think they all kind of build on each other. And so, because everybody kind of has a story that creates her story, it helps it to keep moving. I feel like, I feel like, as an author, you would know when it's done. And Mm -hmm. I just, I I think I I wouldn't want to overplay a character because then it just becomes pointless kind of, you Mm -hmm. know, you want to keep, keep the people interested, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's just her, her story in this particular case that, you know, I'm able to, to build enough off of, um, especially with the, the rest of the characters that help, contribute to her story and so i think that's why i'm able to keep going with the series in that one 
Now you said you wrote it pretty fast, like from beginning to end, how long did it take you to have a finished product, let's say, or let's say a first draft and then a finished product? So just the writing process alone, I think it was only about three and a half months. Wow, that's pretty good. So that was my first draft uh, when editing came, things <laughs> things went a lot right. different. Um, I mean, it was still the majority of it. And, um, you know, there was some things that, you know, I added in and built on because I'd never done this before. And so reading through and then when you have, you know, an editor go through it and be like, okay, you need to, you know, add more here or do more there. So then, but it was easier to go back. But yeah, no, getting getting the story onto, onto paper from beginning to end was, it was only about three and a half months. Okay. And what yeah. genre do you consider this? Is this considered drama, romance? Where, like, how is it marketed? My editor, when we were talking about it, she, she put it in a few different um, genres, um, thriller, suspense, domestic abuse, uh, romance, erotica. I think that's about it. But yeah, there was kind of a few, few different aspects, um, which is one thing I, I knew that I, I wanted. And especially with domestic abuse, you know that it's going to be, I guess, dramatic in a sense. Mm -hmm. But I also wanted it to be suspenseful. And I just I didn't just want it to just be, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. I just didn't just want romance. I want like, I wanted like more to it, I guess. I, I don't really know how to explain that. Right, but. Like some more substance to it you wanted. Yeah, just different aspects, you know, just different. To, and I kind of went off what I like. Like I, I love, I love reading. And I mean, I, I have a few favorite authors, but I have so many authors that I like. And so I kind of also went on, would this interest me? Like, would I like this? You know, I just, I kind of kept trying to keep that in the back of my head mm -hmm. as I was writing, just simply because I, I find that I like a lot of books that are liked by a lot of people. And so I kind of tried to use that as my push to keep, to keep it interesting and to keep going. And lots of times, you know, I'd write a, I'd write a chapter and then I'd print it out and then I'd go back and I would read it in a chair like it was a book and be like, okay, do I like this? Is this, you know, intriguing to me? Mm -hmm. And so I did that. I did that along the way too, just to, to make sure that it was going where I was going and where I thought that, you know, readers would enjoy it. So. Hey everybody, I hope you're enjoying this episode. I just wanted to take the opportunity to let you know about a brand new resource I recently published. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, I've created an ebook called Launch Your Podcast Like a Pro that walks you through all the little details of producing and launching your own show. So for less than $5, you can own this resource by visiting storykingbooks.com or amazon.com. Those links will be in the show notes. And now back to today's episode. Now, did you go the self-publishing route or are you with a traditional publisher? I did go with the self-publishing. Everything I looked at and researched, to me, it seemed like to try going traditionally mm -hmm. would take a very long time if, if I was even able to get it published. And so I lack patience. Right. <laughs> and I, I knew, <laughs> I knew um, that... I just wanted to get it out there. And I thought even if I can get the first one out there, which it's a lot harder, obviously, to build an audience and a following and all of that kind of stuff. But I just, it was more, I think for myself that if I could do it and get it out there, 
then that would encourage me to keep going where if I, you know, kept trying to do traditionally and kept getting rejected. And they always say, you know, they expect that and it can take years. And I just, I really didn't want to get discouraged if I was going to, to do this. And Mm -hmm. so I, I did end up choosing the self-publishing route at the end of it. And, and then hopefully in the future, you know, possibly now that I've done it and, you know, have a little bit more patience and understanding of the whole process. Hopefully one day I could be picked up traditionally, but we'll see how that goes. So, yeah. Yeah, I know self-publishing authors sometimes do get picked up by a big publisher. Andy Weir, you know, the author of The Martian, you know, that movie, he was just blogging chapters and somebody just picked him up, you know, so it happens, you know, so. And nowadays too, right, traditional publishers, it's a different world, you know, they, they kind of want you to be doing all your own stuff anyway. So they sort of want you to be acting like a self-publisher anyway, doing your own marketing and having your own yeah. brand and all that before they even want to give you the time of day. <laughs> so Yeah, exactly. And that, that was kind of the other thing too. And, and one thing I did do for myself when I was in the publishing process is one of the options um, was to have a Kirkus review done on my book and to me Kirkus has always just kind of been one of those they're like I guess the holy grail for me for a review like I, whenever mm-hmm. I pick up a book that's one of the names I notice and when I opted to have that it was more I guess to to help validate that maybe my book was good or not good mm-hmm. before I put it out to the world because when I was writing nobody knew I was writing I finally told my kids about three quarters of the way through what I was doing. I just didn't want anybody to know. I didn't want that um, as being in a small community. um, And, and I mean, it's a big thing and not a lot of people are as encouraging or, you know, it can be very critical, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And so I just didn't want that because I was already fighting myself in my head half the time going, what are you doing? Like, are you crazy? Like this, this is nuts. (laughs) And so even my publisher at the end of it, when she's, it came to the point of having it done, she's like, do you want to wait? Cause it was, you know, a lengthy period of time before the review would come back. And uh, are you wanting to wait in case you want to put something on the cover or do you want to just go ahead? And so I'm like, you know, thinking about it. And I came back and I said, no, I want to wait. And she's like, well, I'll be honest with you. She goes, it's really hard to get a really good review. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They might be waiting and waiting for a bad review at the end, right? Yeah, exactly. And she goes, because they're, they, they, just because you get it doesn't mean it's going to be. So anyways, ultimately I said, no, I'm going to wait. And I'm really grateful that I did because it actually, she was as shocked as I was. I think that they gave me quite a really good review in my opinion. And everybody has a different opinion. Again, you can't please everybody, but to me having that come back um, as good as it did. And then when I go on the website and, you know, I had their get it vote, it just was that little nudge of encouragement that, okay, if you know what, somebody there liked it, somebody else might like it. And so then it was just like, okay, so that's kind of where I got my confidence to start putting it out in the world that I had Mm -hmm. done yeah, and it's just it's been good that way. But yeah, I I did ultimately choose a self publishing, and I guess we'll see where it takes me in the end. Yeah, very cool. And congrats on the positive Kirkus review. So that's uh, always a plus. Yeah. So I want to talk a, a little bit about genre and writing in specific genres. So what does it take to write a good romance, or in the very least, have a good romantic 
element because somebody might be writing a book and they just need like one scene, right? One romantic scene. What does it take? Well, what do you have to be thinking about as an author to do this? I'm, I'm not sure if I've even nailed that. (laughs) I, uh, I think you have to really know your characters. I think you almost have to get in their head, I think. And there was moments where I would actually just sit there and like try and envision myself being her and then actually trying to be him. <laughs> and I mean, right. as a woman, like I don't know how a man thinks, but yet I would just try and be like, okay, well, this is what he's going through. And I mean, he's just another human being. And so, you know, you try and and think of how he would respond. And so I think, I think ultimately to be able to create a, a, a strong ro- like romance, um, one that's not over the top. And I, and I don't know, I mean, maybe, maybe there's moments in mine where, where it is, I, I'm not sure, but um, I just, I think you really just have to understand your characters. You have to understand what they both want, what they're both looking for. And then, and then them as individuals, what they're each bringing to, to the relationship. Like if it's just somebody who's, you know, pretty plain and blah and, and this person is like, you know, they, they can't be complete opposites, but you want them to have a little bit of friction and a little bit of similarities, I guess, in order to create, to create, you know, something worth writing and, and reading. And so, again, I don't know if, if I've got the secret completely, but that's just kind of what I tried to use. And again, just kind of, like I said, I'm, I'm a hopeless romantic. So I tried to envision what my ideal situation would be given Mm -hmm. two people who have I guess issues going on trying to create something not toxic together if that makes sense yeah that does make sense (laughs) (laughs) trying to create something not toxic very important in life and in fiction right exactly yeah So I understand you're also working on some suspense and thriller and it sounds like this book also has suspense and thriller type elements to it. Why don't you talk about some of your new projects that you're working on? So the other one, uh, I've been working on the Pink Blanket series, but another one I keep dabbling back and forth in. um, it's, It's based on a man who ends up with, I guess, psychological trauma coming out of an accident. And again, it's fiction, but I think it, my goal with it is to kind of address um, sometimes what people go through. You don't always see it on the surface and it's underlying what is maybe going through their head or not going through their head that should be going through their head in certain stances. And so um, without saying too much, he gets confused. Him and his wife are in an accident. And okay. yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know what to say without giving away to give, too much. But you, yeah, you don't have to give too much. I mean, why don't we talk about how do you keep a novel suspenseful? So how do you keep suspense going? Like, how do you keep that tension throughout the, the novel? Well, I guess it depends on your writing style. Um, so one thing is when I'm working with different characters when one character sees what's going on, but the not, the other character doesn't, you're kind of waiting for them to figure it out, right? Because you you know that they know, and, and so then they're doing things. And so I guess in that aspect, I don't know, you just kind of keep 
telling the story without telling too much, I guess. And in another situation, if it's going along, um, which this story again as well, I go in first person and it's between two characters. It's, it's the man who's been in the accident and then a woman who happens to cross his path that really triggers a lot of old memories and things that he thinks are real but aren't real. He's confused and so she really, I guess, prompts him to to start looking at things not as they are or as they should be. And so that's kind of where it goes back and forth that way. And so with that one, I'm just, again, trying to, you know, not give away everything as I'm going um, until it's time. And so I think that's why I too, I do like writing back and forth with the characters like that. I do kind of like getting into the both of the characters just because then they both feel real. Like they both feel to me, I guess, full maybe as a, as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I know sometimes reading a book when it's only ever from one point of view, you get bits and pieces or, you know, you, you get other characters and and who they are and stuff from them but I feel that they don't go into because you don't know what that person is thinking you're only seeing what the person telling the story is thinking that is going Mm -hmm. through their mind and so I find that it's a little bit easier maybe with suspense and stuff like that when you've got the two characters back and forth because there is that aspect of what's going on but also what the one character might be doing that the other character isn't seeing. And so being able to draw it along that way. Again, I don't know if I've figured that out so well. Um, I, I do think I did good. I've got a lot of people really mad at me right now because of the way <laughs> my first book ended and they want the second one. Oh, so, that's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, that was a little bit more encouraging or whatever. So yeah, I don't, I don't really have a secret and it's, it's really kind of funny because when I went back and read my book, I was like, man, I wrote this. Like, it was almost like I just left myself when I was writing. And so mm-hmm. to to go back, I, I just ultimately, I think you just have to put your all into your book and, and then, you know, you can go back and change things afterwards. But I think you just really have to invest yourself into, into the characters and into the story um, in order to keep things moving along, to keep people interested and... And you also said that uh, not giving away too much, right? You got to exercise some restraint in as far as the story, right? That also, I'm sure, keeps suspense, you know, not giving the reader too much, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but you also want to give them enough that, that they're interested. They, uh, they're interested. And I know <laughs> right. that that was one thing I did struggle with in the beginning was I was trying to keep everything tight-lipped because I'm like, I didn't want to give everything away. And then my editor is like, well but you could, you could tell them a little bit more. And so I was like, yeah, okay. You know, I, you know, and it was really nice to have that, that um, critiquing happening because there's just so many different ways of looking at things. And when you're caught up in something, you don't always see the big picture. And so it was nice to have that, you know, those opinions coming in because I was like, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. And I kind of think I found that balance of giving enough, but not too much. So hopefully it works out. Yeah. (laughs) You said you, I mean, you, you said you're an avid reader. D- do you find that that helped you? And I mean, it obviously did, but you said you struggled a little bit with the writing process, which I think every writer does. That's not really, you know, every writer that struggles with actually writing, you know, but yeah. because you read so much, I would imagine that you intuitively know 
how to structure a novel that it's it's just sort of there do you find that to be true um i think so i think that that definitely helped me um and because i do read so many different styles of of authors and you know different things and even actually when i submitted the first time to the editor she's like you've you've written before like she thought that i had written before so i definitely think a lot of it does have to do with the fact that i i do like to read so much and that i've read you know so like jane austen thomas hardy like to sylvia day like i just anything and everything in there and and i think that honestly when i was writing I, I found myself pulling bits and pieces of different styles and yeah. And then exactly just the structure of it, the, you know, working into it and then, you know, the growing part, like the climax or whatever, and then bringing it down. But with the series, it's almost like you're in that climax for a long time and you're, you're kind of going up and down and up and down. And, and that was one thing actually just before I decided to start writing, I had read a series and it was like, oh, when I was done, I was so stressed out. Like that author had me like, I was like, there was moments I'm like, I can't, like, I have a headache. Like, this is crazy. You just, she was able to pull you into those characters' lives and like, as if you were one of them and just, you just sat like this so many times. And and so I just, I think I had that fresh in my head and, you know, I, I wanted to be able to do that because I wanted to be able to keep my audience interested in and so mm. and and honestly even writing there was times where uh i would you know need a break from because i when i would write lots of times i'd be like from five in the morning till two in the morning because I, mm -hmm. I could just go like i loved it and then there would be you know three or four days i would actually just pick up a novel and read it in between just to kind of you know refresh and mm -hmm. And even for, you know, structure, grammar, things like that. And I find the only thing that I do find now um, since I have written is when I read a book, I don't enjoy it like I used to because now I'm reading to learn. Right. Do, if that makes sense. Um, I never used to do that. And, and I know um, in my novel, after reading it and I would see a you know, a spelling mistake or whatever. And I'd be like, oh gosh, really? Like I, yeah. you know, it bothers me. But then now when I read like, you know, famous authors that have been writing for years and it's like, oh, hey, they got a spelling mistake too. Like, you know, I'm just picking it apart, but I'm also still reading or whatever. And fortunately enough, I mean, I can read well enough that, you know, I can look past it, but it is definitely a different experience reading now than it used right. to be before I started writing. If you're like analyzing and studying at the same time, yeah. learning new tricks, it's just automatic when you're a writer. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I think you answered this sort of, do you find yourself returning to certain themes in your work? Like I, I I'm feeling like you, you're interested in trauma you know, because you're, you're right, the new one, you're returning a different kind of trauma, but trauma nonetheless is, uh, I mean, would you say that's fair to say? Yeah, I think so. And actually, I was actually just thinking about this not long ago, because when I was going to write, I was going to write, you know, that fairy tale book that everybody was like, oh, you know, I want that love, because that's what I always did. And I think that was um, triggered because every relationship I've been in, not everyone, but the last couple of major relationships I've been in, both were not good and both ended terribly, you know, it was never that fairy tale ending. And I've always just had that vision in my head. And so I think that I think when I, I started, it was going to be romance and stuff. 
And then when I started writing this one and it was around domestic abuse, but also, you know, she meets a man that makes her question is, is it possible to fall in love again? So I think that, I think that for some reason, and I, and I don't know why, but I think that you're right that I think trauma is something that I don't know. I, I do find interesting. I mean, there's so many aspects you can do to that. And also mm-hmm. it kind of helps get a message out in, in a sense, you know, it's not completely just, I mean, n- not that I have anything. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I love reading all kinds of, of novels, you know, just depending on my mood, but it, it's nice to be able to kind of understand, Hey, you know, for that one person, like when I was writing this one, it's like, wow, Hey, okay. I'm not alone somebody else does think that way Mm -hmm. and you know, or Hey, this might actually be a thing or so I I do think that, that for some reason, um, trauma, trauma does tend to crawl into my novels for some reason. And and I'm okay with that. I'm so far, I'm really enjoying it. So it's, it's allowing me to tell stories that I didn't actually ever think I would tell, I guess. Right. Was it difficult writing from like, in your first book, the the pink blanket, when you're when you're writing like the abuser, you know, because you had a personal experience, was it difficult to sort of write that character, or was or did that help in the therapy of it? You know, it it wasn't difficult at all, actually. In fact, it was just when it had got to the point where I was, you know, done, like I had had enough. I feel like it helped with in with the writing with that in the therapy aspect because I wanted her to get away. You know, I I was I was rooting for her to get away and so it was almost easier because now I could I could tell this person what to do, right? I'd been there and I I'd, I'd gone through a lot of the emotional feelings and thoughts that she, you know she goes through and it was hard because it it took years to to build up enough strength to to realize that I deserved, you know, to be happy to or whatever. And, and that my life was worth something. And, and so, because now I had been through it with me, it was easier, I guess, writing the character because now I could just help her move her along in the sense that, you know, I feel like if I was still in the struggle of, you know, getting to that state, um, it probably wouldn't have been as easy because I, I wouldn't have been sure. Right. Like what, mm-hmm. what the end game would be where, you know, I was able to, and I mean, in the pink blanket, I guess she's not completely free yet at this point, but it it was definitely easier. And then also um, in writing the, the, from the aspect of the, you know, the ex-husband or whatever, um, who's very manipulative and narcissistic. And, you know, I feel that because of what I experienced, I was able to imply like, into his character a lot easier like if I wouldn't have understood it I it probably would have been a lot harder to write and I think that's kind of where it comes down to when they say write what you know Mm -hmm. um it really helped make the writing process easier because I believe I have a pretty good understanding of you know what some of these things um I mean I guess from like being that person I don't exactly know what they're thinking but what I felt and what I saw coming across, that was what I put from, from that character, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So, yeah. And that was, and that was one thing I was really happy when I got my Kirkus review is that they did comment on um, how the characters felt really authentic. And so I was really grateful for that because I was 
hoping for that. And I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if I was going to, you know, hit that mark or not. But, right. but when they said, you know, that it seemed that way, it was, it made me feel pretty good that I, and, and also that I obviously had a pretty good grasp of what, you know, those characters would be going through and doing, you know, in order to, to play their part, I guess. So, yeah. Right. Now, what's one key takeaway you would want our listeners to get from this conversation? Most are writers themselves. So what's some advice, nugget of wisdom you can leave them with, you know, someone trying to pursue writing, whether personally or professionally? I just, I think if you want to write, write, and then whatever comes of it, comes of it. But I think, I think ultimately, like I said, stick to what you know. It makes it a lot easier, um, maybe a lot less frustrating, you know, for the first time around or whatever. Mm-hmm. And write every day, even if it's just a little bit, you know, it just, it develops and read, honestly, read. <laughs> Reading is such a, such a Im- imperative part of writing. I think, I think that, you know, the more you read, the more you learn. And and I, I strongly believe that you, you can never learn too much. I just, I am all about always learning. I love learning. I love new things all the time. And so, yeah, I just think read, write and, and stick to what, you know. Very good advice. Read and write for writers. Absolutely. <laughs> Where can people uh, follow you and get your books? So I have my website at jaylynaddy.com. Um, you can purchase books through there um, or Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble, Chapters. Pretty much if you Google it, it'll pop up. It's on, I believe, like 40,000 different websites across the world. So it's it's available online pretty much everywhere. But um, yeah, if you don't want to have to search it that way, if you just go through my website, it's got all the links and connections to purchase it through there. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure those links are in the show notes. Thank you so much for sharing your story and coming on the Story King podcast. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed speaking with you. So that was my conversation with author Jay Lynn 80. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Her links will be in the show notes. Don't forget to sign up on storykingbooks.com to get your free copy of Kane's Confession. Remember, if you're interested in starting your own podcast, you can visit my website or amazon.com and for less than $5, purchase my latest ebook resource, Launch Your Podcast Like a Pro. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com forward slash the story king. All those links will be in the show notes. One more thing, if you're enjoying this podcast, please do me the favor of subscribing to it and leaving a positive review on iTunes, Spotify, or the medium of your choice. And share it with your friends and family on social media. I would greatly appreciate that. Thank you for listening to the Story King Podcast, the show all about fiction, film, and form. Please join us next time. Until then. Until then.